Well, you know what they say. Goodbye. Never watch. Oh. Farewell. Alvita San. <laughs> Get the hell out. Don't come back. <laughs> See ya, sucker. <laughs> Is that not how the... It's been a while since I've seen Sound of Music. So if mm. that's... Yeah, I forget what those kids sing before they go to bed, but... Yeah. It sounds generally... I thought that was it. It's basically it. It they also, yeah. I think the saying also goes, never watch all 26 James Bond films. Back to 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 back. Or just at all. Right. Yeah. That's, and you know, and that's essentially why we're doing this is so that we can, we can tell you which ones to skip. Right. And right now there's We're a, saving lives. We, We're saving I, marriages. Quite honestly, I think we will. One we should start like a like we should make some document that's like do not watch these under any circumstance. Maybe watch this one if you have to. Steer clear to these ones and yeah. We're saving we're saving livers. We're probably we're hurting the the liquor industry. But <laughs> Yeah. But what have they ever done for us? Nothing overcharged us for our gin that's all they've done yeah you could say that again welcome back i'm i'm legally only allowed to say that once otherwise (laughs) we will get sued welcome back to the show we continue our mini series covering all the i almost said harry potter but all the james bond films i think mini series is the wrong way to go about this the never-ending series we're doing 27 episodes, mm-hmm. uh, and we're only just now approaching our our 100th episode of our show. So literally a quarter of the content that we have ever created is this series. Ugh. That's not so many. That's, that's big <sighs> and grotesque yeah. mm-hmm. and, and cancerous. It's a growth. It should be removed. We should probably, probably see a dermatologist. Sh- we should rename the the show to the James Bond Men. Probably yes. The the you know at least a quarter of the show. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we're on episode sixteen, which is a view to kill, which is nineteen eighty five. But is Brady heavily, heavily influenced? Thankfully, it's the last Roger Moore episode that we are reviewing today. I'm going to miss him. No, you won't. I, no, I, I won't. I no, really do lie. not. I apologize. I, I am not convinced at all by that statement. I am I was over Roger Moore probably just as quickly as Roger Moore's mother was. I am <laughs> like. I or just, even you know, quicker. Like, I. Uh, do, you, do you think, do you think at this point when the actor or when the director yells cut <laughs> Do you think they put the oxygen hose in his nose and bring his walker to him so that he can take a like so you can just rest and rejuvenate before the next <laughs> shot has to happen? Can I? T- I was going to tell he you this blood pressure medicine. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this later. But I'm going to tell you it now. Apparently, even at the time, one of the criticisms of this film was that was of Roger Moore being 57 at the time, which there's nothing wrong with being 57. It's just more of the fact that he's 57 playing someone who is hitting on like 22 year old girls. And not just hitting on, 
Yeah, not just, like, not just hitting on. Yeah, he is a fifty-seven-year-old playing hide the salami with with <laughs> barely, barely legal, legal barely. foreigners. And that's that's what I, I want to make this clear. I'm not. We're not ripping on age in any way. It's more just that this role has this man of that age doing things that are really inappropriate for a man of that age. And even at, so what I want to bring up is at the time, Sean Connery, he himself declared at the time that Bond should never be played by an actor of that age and should be more of someone who's 35, 33 years old. Sean Connery felt he was too old and he thought Roger was way too old as well. And Roger's <laughs> a couple years older than him, right? And he's a couple years older than Sean Connery. And of note, apparently in an interview in 2007, Roger Moore himself, himself remarked that, quote unquote, he was only about 400 years too old for the part. Like the whole thing's just bloody ridiculous. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Yeah. I don't even know if I blame Roger Moore anymore. It's more the creative team that brought him in and still wrote the role that it was. And regardless, I'm just ready to move on. That's the point. Like I always ask, you know, in the past I've, I've thought to myself, do you think the actor going into it knew that this was it, that this was their last James Bond role? Hmm. And you know what? I don't know if Roger Moore did, (laughs) Uh, but I'm sure his knees did. I'm sure his knees were like, man, just get through this, and then we're going to get the left one fully replaced, the, part, the right one partially replaced, and we're going to retire in Tahiti. How do, you, how do you partially replace a knee? That's the thing. Look it up, man. Uh, you're in, aren't you? You're in the healthcare industry. Look this. Google. Yeah, Google it. I mean. Partial replacement of a knee, man. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Just the just half of it. I don't know. Um if you are new to our 007 series, 16 is not the place to start. Hmm. I, I mean you're welcome to. You know, if this is the only 007 film you've ever seen. Mm. Uh there's better options, you know. Yes. Maybe you should re reevaluate that part sure. of your life. Um but uh, the way this show works, the way this series works, is um, we are trying to find the quintessential creepy special agent film. Um, and so what we do is we rank the 007 films based on eight different categories. We give them a score from zero to ten. We take those eight scores, we find the average, and voila, we have a score mm. that we can, you know input into our algorithms which is just an excel spreadsheet um and it just tells us where this one ranks among the others and in addition to all of that we always question why we're doing this but at this point it's too late and we just look forward and we move on we continue we march yeah it's like the name of a doesn't it's you can say anything i was gonna say there's no time to stop and I was like, oh, that's probably the next <laughs> title of a 007 right. film. No time to stop, yeah. No time to stop. Yeah. Mm. Um, let's let's okay, get into so it. Let's just get let's, into this. Yeah, do it. Plot. Sure. I gave the plot a six. Cool. Um, I thought, okay, so it would have scored a lot higher sure. um, because I did find the plot for the most part, interesting. Sure. 
However, um, I constantly also felt like the plot was maybe having a bit of an identity crisis. <laughs> How so? How um, so? Because it, well, because it didn't seem to be able to make up its mind whether, you know, whether our concern was you know, juicing horses or if our concern was like, it's, I just didn't understand even right up until the end of the film. Okay. What, what is the threat? Mm -hmm. Like what, what, what exactly is the evil plan here? Um, cause there seems to be, you know, like when you go to a small diner and they've got 27 specials and they don't do any of them particularly well. Right. Uh, <laughs> I felt I felt like that. I felt like I wanted to take the villain by the, the right. you know, by the collar yep. and say, pick, pick, pick two. Pick one. Just pick, pick two. Pick one or two. Stick with it. Yeah, do that. Don't, you know. Uh, so that's, I. ultimately, I was interested, um, but I did feel... I was I was bogged down by the fact that it seemed to jump back and forth and couldn't really make up its mind what this movie was about. That's very fair. Yep. Yeah, so I gave it a 6. Yeah, I I gave it a lower mark at 4. Um I feel like this could have been the catchphrase for the film. Quote unquote, hope you're into the exciting high stakes of world espionage concerning horse breeding, horse auctions, and horse performing enhancing drugs and surgeries. I I was kind of like, okay, like, I, I don't get how this kind of tied in with some other stuff that happened later in the film. You have this horse stuff and you throw in some Silicon Valley destroying espionage and we have ourselves a long drawn out story and I just really didn't know how they were connected and at a point I just kind of gave up because I didn't really care. Um that's exactly yeah. exactly yeah. i understood everything that was yeah. happening i didn't understand how any of it was connected yeah. and but and it got to the point like i don't even care so i don't want to dig deeper it's more just it's happening i don't move on with life um for heaven's sakes though what i wouldn't give for one of these crap films to be below two hours uh, maybe the plot could have been okay i just got bored after a while um one issue with the plot, and I just didn't understand, For the, to give some context, Bond's having lunch in Paris. He's at the Eiffel Tower, and he's having lunch with someone, and that other someone is killed by an assassin. Now, to paint the picture, this assassin literally has a fishing pole with a fishing hook on the end, and like he lines it around and like it lands on the guy's face. And I just don't understand how the person was killed by this. Like I just don't understand what was fatal about that. Like, painful scarring sure but like a fish hook to the face is not fatal yeah i mean you can you can imagine that maybe it has like a super fast acting toxin i I guess but yeah i guess i don't know for for the sake of the film, I feel like you kind of. I guess to you have to sure, yeah. Make that leap. Uh, my only last critique of it: there was like a scene where Bond was pursuing uh, this assassin, who the assassin was in a parachute. Bond was driving around in a car, and it honestly felt like a cut scene from like Mr. Bean or just something farcical because this car 
that Bond was driving got in like 12 different accidents. And like each time the car lost something in a collision. And by the end, like Bond literally, like I don't even remember, but it felt like in my memory, he was left with like a gas pedal, a steering wheel in his hands and like a seat. And the rest of the car was just throughout Paris. But uh, four out of 10, I gave the plot. Cool. Uh, Portrayal of Bond. Sure. I gave this a six. Wow, okay. You know sure. what? I This may have been my most enjoyed portrayal of Bond by Roger sure. Moore. Sure, yep. Um, which, hats off to him. Sure. I feel, yeah. I do. I, I feel like he he went out with a bang. Um, yes. He was as gentleman spy as he's ever been. Right. Um, and I didn't feel... You know, I've often felt like he was just kind of phoning his performance in. <laughs> sure. Uh, and I I didn't feel that way this time. Yeah, that's fair. Right? I felt like he was, which makes me, which kind of makes me wonder, did he know that this was it? Mm. Um, well, because he felt much more present in the role. He felt much more, yeah. um, you know, it was still Roger Moore, so it doesn't get higher than a six. Sure. Um No. No. But higher than like I think I have been giving him like a three and a four. Sure. Um so six. I feel just to answer the question, like he must have just been surprised he got the call again. He must have known this was the last one. Like I just feel he had to. Oh, I'm sure yeah. uh, he must yeah. have. He must have. Um, right. Yeah. Like his his hair is becoming more and more like you can tell they're covering they're covering up patches. <laughs> Just, with the way that his hair is styled just, like he's it's it's all coming out man okay he's not that old he's only in his 50s again i want to reiterate it's just that he's too old to be chasing 21 year old girls it's, it's wrong he's at he's he's 50 he's at the end of his 50s which like that's fine 56 is the new 41 it's all good it not as a, a secret agent it's sure. i don't know uh, yeah the one thing I do find really impressive, and this is the character. This isn't. This isn't. Um, this isn't so much anything to do with Roger Moore's portrayal of sure. him. Um, I just, you know, there was a point during this film, and maybe this, maybe this is a comment that belongs in the the fights and action thing, but whatever. It just blows my mind that Bond is doing everything that he's doing in a set of flipping dress shoes. Right. Like, this yeah. Isn't a, you know, you you look good, you're classy. I get it. You would be performing way better if you had the appropriate footwear on, sir. Yeah, you know, it might not dazzle everyone, but you got to new balance it up and wear some sneakers that give you arch support, that give you traction, and dress shoes don't do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get some, and you should have probably have steel toes. Like what's? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Health and safety, Workplace man. safety. Anyways. Yeah. Um, portrayal of Bond, I gave it a very... Actually, the exact same. I gave it a 6 out of 10. I would agree. I would mirror your statement that this is probably the best of Roger Moore's performance. Um, you know, there was... It started off same old, same old. He's super pushy on a boat, unzipping a woman's clothing in the opening scene. Doesn't even wait till the closing sequence for a boat. Kind of weird, awkward interaction. But then we... Hey, man, we, when when life gives you a boat, 
you take it. You don't you don't just waste a boat. You don't you don't go you don't go you don't go, yeah, I'm on a boat now, but I'll probably be on a boat again right. with this woman at some yeah, point. Yeah. No, when you're 007, you go, this is this is the boat. This is the moment. Right. Yeah. I better take your clothes off without your consent. Sure. Yeah, but yeah. to his credit, we did see a bit of difference as far as portrayal of Bond. There was the Bond girl where at first, at least, he wasn't super pushy, maybe even not really that pushy at all. He wasn't pushing advances on her and even she fell asleep and like he tucked her in, let her sleep. And even to a degree, he like stood guard and like slept in a rocking chair kind of looking out for her. So, I mean, it's not uh, it's not enough to say I, I wish he was in four more films, but at least it was I would say it's better than what we've seen previously. And for that, I gave it above average out of six. All right. I didn't want to shank him with a sharpened spoon. No. This time. This around. time. Hmm. Uh, villain. Sure. Friggin' nobody, nobody said it yet. Okay. The villain is Christopher Walken. Yes, man. Like, like, yeah. I, 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 what? I thought, I thought Christmas morning had come when we got Christopher Lee as a right. Villain. Yeah. But this is Chris. This is this is the next best Christopher. Mm-hmm. If not the better Christopher, right? Yeah, I gave this a seven. Wow. I don't know how you could not just, you know, yeah. like that was terrible. But um, I, yeah, the the accent is tough. Uh, it's tough. It's so hard. Yeah. A lot of people can do a Christopher Walken. I can't. Yeah, I don't think I can. Um, two two mice. Two mm-hmm. mice are in a bowl of cream. And be, What's happening? You got to be the is mouse this... that churns the butter and uh, pineapple. I would tell you that I would edit that out, but that's that's staying. <laughs> that is staying. No, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I I just I I he he didn't take the role too seriously, which sure. I think honestly I think is maybe crucial for a Bond villain. Mm-hmm. Okay, they need to be nefarious, but they also need to be a little absurd. Sure. They're a Bond villain. They have a ridiculous lair. They're after world domination mm-hmm. or or more money than J.K. Rowling. Ooh, that's a that's a that's a controversial reference right now. More yes. money than the Queen. Yeah. We'll go with the Queen. The queen. Um, and and I think everything, all of those pieces, just aligned perfectly. Sure. Um, plus, it was just it was just pleasing. Anytime he was on the screen, because it's Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, something interesting of note. Um, and I felt the same way. I felt the same way about Sean Connery. So, in all of the uh, all of the initial 007 films that had Sean Connery in them, I kept thinking to myself, "Man, it, that his his accents there." But it feels like he hasn't fully realized the accent yet. Hmm. Like, like it's not the Sean Connery accent that's like, "What are you saying right now? I don't understand the words that are right." <laughs> right. Um, right. But in Never Say Never Again, we got that. Like he's back, and and it's like there is the accent mm. that is Sean Connery. Yep. I felt like this younger Christopher Walken wasn't as Christopher Walkeny. No. Um, no. No. As, as he is later on in his other yes, films. Yes, I would agree. Um, and I don't know if that was intentional 
I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, or or if yeah, it's just you know the older he got, he kind of leaned in, leaned into yeah. it, or ha- or yeah. hammed it up. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's hard to know. But uh, still, still worthy of a seven. Sure, for me, I wasn't too far off. I gave it a six. Um, I really. I, I gave the six solely just once I saw Christopher Walken walk across the screen, no pun intended. Like, I, I just automatically was like, whether this villain is good or bad, doesn't even matter. You, sir, I am a fan of. Uh, this is a direct shout out to Marshall, um, who adores Christopher Walken. Um, there's a there's this business in Kitchener-Waterloo that I always walked by. I don't I haven't walked by it recently because of COVID, but I would walk by it and it had a sign on the door with Christopher Walken and it said walk-ins are welcome. And every time That's I see amazing. it I think of Is that what So it's either like a tattoo shop or it's <laughs> a, a hairdresser. I honestly yeah. I I honestly think of Marshall every time I re- I read it. Um but but with Christopher Walken, huge fan, ultimately this role uh, yeah, I, th- I think it was good. You know, the villain's a bit of a psychopath. So Christopher Walken, I think, played the role perfectly. He he really didn't kind of lean too far into it. He wasn't too far away from it. He was just exactly as kind of cold-blooded and kind of menacing as he needed to be. And I, I also made a note of this. I really did not get the traditional Walken dialect. There was one scene near the end where they were kind of above the San Francisco bridge where he was like, more, m- more power. And I kind of got a little touch of it. But beyond that, it, it really wasn't there. Um, I also wrote down Mayday as part of the villain villain team. Um, and I thought she was an interesting villain. And also just because we got some redemptive qualities from her. I randomly thought of this. I wonder what a Bond villain, villain that is, of Wilhelm Dafoe would look like. I wonder if Wilhelm Dafoe could pull off being a Bond villain. It just random thought that came into my head when I was watching this. Hmm. I'm open to the idea. That that would be interesting. I'm open to the idea. But anyway, I gave it a six out of ten. Yeah. So respectable. Cool. Uh gadget. Mm-hmm. I gave this a two. Do you think do you think the filmmakers remembered that Bond was is supposed to have gadgety <laughs> stuff? I think they forgot. Look, there's nothing. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Like the, the most the most like spy gadgety <laughs> you know making use of what's around you moment was when he's he's using the oxygen from the tire. Right. Yeah. Underwater. And and that was cool. Sure. Uh, but literally my note here says I bet that air tastes awful. Oh yeah. Can you imagine just like what is like tire air? Ugh. 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 But that was it. Yeah. That was the only moment where I thought to myself, okay, yeah, like this is, you know, like there's a, the film starts out, there's a skiing scene. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, well, he doesn't have, he doesn't have his, his rifle ski poles anymore with the, what's going on with R&D, man? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Q, Q's dropped the ball. <laughs> no kidding. Here. No kidding. Yeah, I gave it a two. I was just completely, yeah. you know. I was let down because this is this is the category that I feel like is is weighted for me is weighted much heavier in my enjoyment of the film mm. 
than some of the others because I want that. I want gadgets. I want he's bo- he's James Bond. He's James Bond for heaven's sakes. He's not. Don't give me Jason Bourne. No, that's his own. Jason Bourne's his own thing. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Right. Don't give me whoever douchey Tom Cruise plays in Mission Impossible. I don't care. Hmm. Don't give me that. Mm-hmm. Give me James Bond. Give me yeah. give me cigarette lighters that are grenades and give me <laughs> watches that are lasers and give me glasses that have parachutes that I don't know. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. give me ridiculous fantastical <laughs> gadgets. Yeah. I, and this film didn't do that. No, I was pretty close to what you gave it. I gave it a three out of ten. There were two main gadgets that I that I made a note of. The one was a nineteen eighty five version of what I'll call a Roomba on the floor of M's office. And it was honestly like the size of a public garbage can and it was just kind of rolling on his floor. I can only assume it was a vacuum cleaner because I didn't really pay attention or care what it actually was doing, so I'll call it a Roomba. The only other gadget is a uh, pretty baller silver 1980s dual cassette player that Bond had to use to do something that was important, I'm sure. So two very lame and underwhelming gadgets, three out of ten. That's that's fair. Yeah, very. Uh, fights and actions. Mm-hmm. I gave this a four. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I you know I just thought he's too old. Yeah. For this. Yeah. Um, the one thing, a moment that stood out for me is, uh, I, I have a note here that says, holy crap, he just shot down a helicopter with a, a flare gun. <laughs> right. And that was yeah. cool. There was just something about that that was like, sure. and, you know, five minutes in, I'm like, and there goes the budget. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. But, uh, but it was cool. You know, it was a cool moment. But for the most part, it was just, it was um it was good but it didn't do anything to stand out mm-hmm. it didn't you know in a in a in a series with 27 films it didn't do anything to earn my attention mm-hmm. yeah um i wasn't too far off but i did give it a bit of a decent score i gave it a 6 out of 10 um, so overall, I wasn't offended by any of the fights and action sequences like I have in prior films that I just did not appreciate. Um, and overall, it just seemed decent and watchable. And I think as we, again, progress closer and closer to more present day renditions, this just becomes a more bearable aspect to these films. Of note, you gotta love, you got to give some love to the James Bond hijacking a fire truck and having a bridge jumping chase sequences those are gold um but in all seriousness i did i I gotta give credit where credit's due i liked that i actually liked the climactic fight on top of the san francisco bridge to to finish this film between christopher walken and james bond i for once i didn't think it was farcical or silly and i was actually kind of drawn in by it to a certain degree i thought it was pretty dope and I thought it was a fantastic way to kind of conclude a Bond film, to kind of bring a climax to a resolution. So uh, kudos kudos to that scene in all seriousness. I gave it a 6 out of 10. Okay. Uh, Bond Girl. Mm. Hmm. Uh, I gave this a 2. Okay. Um, 
again, I was a little confused at who the Bond girl was. Yeah, that's so hap- for the sake of my category, I'm saying it was Mayday. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Because she sleeps with him pretty early on. Right. And then tries to kill him. Yeah. And then doesn't, you know, turns out that, that her sugar daddy doesn't love her the way she thought he did. Mm-hmm. And so then sides up with Bond again uh, and then gets a little suicidal on us at the end. Uh, and I just never fully, I don't know. She just weirded me out. She made me uncomfortable hmm. because she was like, this enhanced super soldier mm-hmm. who I felt like at the very end, I felt, okay. I felt like the big issue was she was so robotic and so cold and there was no building into her backstory throughout the film. Right. We kept her very mysterious and very, mm. um, you know, elusive. Sure that why like what am i supposed to feel when when she sacrifices herself mm-hmm. yeah that's fair thanks that was <laughs> that was a you know there's a big help <laughs> I owe, you saved the day i owe you one i owe you one i'll catch you on the fifth like i wings are on me i just yeah like i just i don't know i i i think that was a big issue is that sure. i didn't know who the bond girl was yep. And then when I decided, when I'd made up my mind on who I thought the Bond girl was, mm-hmm. um, I was like, well, you, you've sacrificed her, but didn't give me any reason to care. Mm-hmm. So I gave it a two. I Yeah, I was just mm-hmm. really underwhelmed. Cool. I was saw things quite differently than you did and for a couple ways. One, I gave it actually a six out of ten. Um, two, I considered someone else the Bond girl just when I scored this. So I think there is the confusion with some of these films. Who do you pick? Because there's May Day. There was that super awkward, weird, tickling hot tub scene. Do you consider her? I ended up considering Stacy Sutton. I think she was Stacey. the geologist. I forget her actual professional role, but I considered Stacy Sutton the Bond girl. And... To a degree, I thought she was actually someone somewhat of a respectable character. Um, when I but are you comfortable accepting a a Bond girl with the name Stacy? Yeah, why not? It's just too. It's just too because it's not like you know Pussy Galore or guess. Honey Rider yeah. or Good Night or like something ridiculous. You know. Yeah. It's just Stacy. It's just Stacy. You know, I can look past the name. I I just liked and appreciated that we got some backstory on her. We get some motivations, which is more than a lot of these Bond girls where we just get one dimension of this is her and that's it. With Stacy, we get some backstory. We get some depth. Um, and, I, you know, she's not the gold standard by any means, but at least she doesn't woefully just let Bond do whatever he wants. Um, she, she says no, and he's like, oh, okay. And they they can kind of have some autonomy in it uh, for that i said hey we're not honey rider this isn't the best bond girl but she's above average to me so i i will concede 
that after years of being more interested in her mother than her, it was time for Stacy to have her moment. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. That was, uh, let me know if you got that. Oh. Like, comment down below. Do it. You know, see, if you got let's that see who's got it going on in the comments. Hmm. Um, supporting characters. Supporting characters. I also gave this. Uh, what did I give this? I gave this a two. Okay. Uh, I nobody stood out. Um, you know, there's um, what's his name? The guy that knows things about horses. <laughs> the old guy. Yeah. I forget his name. Steve, we'll call him yeah. Steve. And and an underwarming, underwhelming M portrayal. <laughs> yep. And then the film wraps up with a crying money penny because she's heartbroken over the man that has no interest in her. Mm-hmm. Because she thinks he's dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Q's there to use his little creepy battle bot to spy on Bond and Stacy in the shower. Yeah, that's uh, and a little... And it kind of seems... weird. It kind of seems like M's got like a weird twink... Or not M. Q's got like a weird twinkle in his eye. <laughs> like he's a little too into what he's stumbled <laughs> upon here. There's a little bit of voyeurism mm. happening. Hmm. And it... Makes me uncomfortable. I I gave it a two. I was just like, uh, there was nobody, nobody outside of the villain, um, in this film other than Bond, who I was really interested in seeing. Sure. I, I'm looking at my notes for this. I gave it a four out of ten. I feel like that was too generous for the things I made note of. The only thing that's of note to me is this is the final appearance of the original actor playing Money Penny. Um, oh no way! Yeah. See, yeah, I didn't know that. That is, yeah, I looked that up and I'm like, oh no. Um, but yeah, I'd have well, to agree because she's also <laughs> what in her sixties. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, not a lot of a Q exposure in this film. And yeah, you hit on it. What we do see, he's just a big creeper. He's in his RV, teching out on snooping on Bond and his exploits in the end of the film in the shower. Exactly. Just a, it's an RV of all a things. hardcore peeping Tom. Just. Yeah, you know, and, and that scene bothered me. Obviously, the main thing is like, Q, you're being a bit of a perv here. So that bothered me. But like 2% of it also bothered me. The film had these weird, awkward voiceovers where James Bond is like, oh, ah. And she's like, oh, James. And it was very fake, very corny. And it was just the cherry on the top that was just like, this was weird to begin with. I'm even more weirded out. But for some reason, I, I was generous and I gave supporting characters a 4 out of 10 don't know why it got that high you were you know I, yeah i don't know why either bond uh bond song, song. i gave this a three okay. i didn't think it was a good song sure i thought it was probably appropriate that it was duran duran just because it's 1985 yeah like what a of, of all like of note it's very cool that it was uh kind of a very pop culture uh, cameo or appearance for a James Bond song. Yeah, which, which um, actually, which I thought the whole like, end of note. We're 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 gonna get to some films in modern day that are like star-studded uh, musicians performing like 
masterful, not even masterful, but popular billboard songs for Bond films. This might be the first. Right. This might be the first because this film. Well, we had the Beatles. Yeah, that's true. But of but right, we had, we, the thing with or was it was it the Wings? Regardless, it was Paul McCartney to some degree. My point is with this Duran yeah. Duran song. This was actually the first time uh, a Bond song was in the top 100 billboards. So I feel like oh, okay. that's a bit of a trendsetter. I think I feel like that's kind of a first sure. step to where we're going. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, I thought the whole sequence uh, was just lazy. Sure. Compared to the others, I, yeah. I the visuals didn't do anything for me. I was like, eh, okay. Sure. Like it wasn't even just more of the same. It was like... You didn't. You just didn't try. Like this was <laughs> right. an afterthought, and this was kind of slapped together. There's no cool. Mm-hmm. You're not doing anything interesting with the camera or the lighting mm-hmm. or color or anything. Right. Um, and I was more, I was more excited and pleasantly surprised by the appearance early on in the film of the Beach Boys. Yes. Than I was of of the actual bond song yes me too so, and it, well and actually it yeah, wasn't so it was even like, oh my god the beach boys it was a cover of the beach boys right yeah but still it was still a beach boys track mm-hmm. and i was mm-hmm. like this is this is fantastic yes um yes. but yeah overall i gave it a three that's fair again i gave it very close i gave it a four out of ten I also made note of that. I, I absolutely adored the beach boys cover where i wish they could all be california girls I thought it was just a fun sequence with him skiing and that going on. But yeah, the actual Bond song had a very obviously 1980s rock feel. So at best it was a meh. I feel like it I feel like if this had just been an 80s action film, I would have been like, "Yeah, this is fair. That's fine." But for being a Bond film song, it really was just average to poor and just not a strong Bond feel. I I got no vibe or no tone with it. So it it gets lower marks just because it was it had a standard to meet with being in a Bond film and it wasn't that great. So sure, four out of ten. All right, mm. uh, quirky one-liners. I you know the last couple. I don't know if it's just the Roger Moore fatigue or just I've yeah I think that's it basically. I haven't none really stood out to me enough to comment on to be honest. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Normally I have one or two that I'm like, oh yeah, that was really good. Yeah. But But no. most of them most of them it's like Roger, just just chill. Come on, man. Stop stop it, dude. Yeah, we're all having fun. It's like don't need you're not here. It's you don't like need... joke of the day toilet paper quality stuff. Yeah, like you don't need to impress everyone. We're fine, just chill. Yeah. There's no impressing us, Roger. Just stop. <laughs> Please. Um, um, yeah. So if I tally all that up, mm-hmm. I get a four right on the nose. Neat, neat. Uh, which doesn't put it at the top, doesn't put it anywhere near the bottom. Um, kind of, kind of sits right in the middle. Little, little bit less than average. Five being average. Um, you know, it's it's certainly not going to win the position of quintessential Bond film. However. If you're curious about Roger Moore's portrayal of Bond and you only have time to watch one, <laughs> watch this one. Yeah. You know, so that's interesting. Like, take that for what it's yeah, worth. Yeah, no, I, that's a fair point. I, I feel like 
of all of them, this is probably the most tolerable. Yeah. Uh, my score wasn't far off. I gave it a 4.875. Uh, and I'm looking at all my scores. That puts it right about in the middle of the pack. It might be like 7th, 8th, ninth range. So it's out of the 16, it's sure. right in the middle. Which for me, you know what? I Yeah. I... That seems right mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. There's there's been way worse. Yep. There's been way better. Yes. I I would agree. So. Um, where do you think this film ranks on the tomato meter of all the current 26 James Bond films? I'm hoping the middle 10. Okay. Okay. It's not the top 10 and it's not the middle 10. So it's tw- Oh, it's the bottom. Okay. You've got it's either 21, 22 or 25 that's left in the bottom third. I'm going to say 21. Okay. It's actually 25. So it's... I'm getting really bad at this. (laughs) It's hard to guess, but it's the second lowest only to the 67 Casino Royale. Wow. Oh, so of note... That seems wrong. Yeah, of note, it has 37% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I feel is wrong because yeah a lot of these roger moore ones stank and i feel should have been lower than this like this one was tolerable but not even roger moore like if someone says hey should we watch a view to to a kill or should we watch thunderball Mm. for the love of god pick (laughs) a view to a kill right right save yourself like at least you don't just hate yourself after watching it right yeah well not because of, not because of. <laughs> right, it. exactly. So that's a different. That's, d- that's a much deeper. Yeah, that's 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 daddy issues. We're not we're, that we're not going to unpack that in this different. episode. We're just not. No, no. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention, and it's just a comment. Apparently, early, um, in the production of this film, kind of like in the leading up to this film. Apparently, there was an announcement that David Bowie would play the villain in Zorin. And apparently, he initially accepted the role. Later, he declined the role. And then even apparently, they offered it to Sting, who turned it down. So, it went from David Bowie to Sting to eventually Christopher Walken. So... Well, yeah, that's that's the natural progression. I mean, if you can't have those first two, the next... Like, they're all quite similar. I mean... Pick the next bitch and rock star which is <laughs> christopher, christopher walken. walken yeah uh, uh sting i don't know about david bowie would have been good yeah i could see it i, I can see him as a bond villain yeah I, th- I i i harped on this before i still would be so curious to wilhelm defoe i really would yeah there's a couple of people i'm really looking forward to rami malik i really really am hmm yeah I think he's going to be incredible in No Time to Die. Yeah. Um, Intrig- so I'm looking forward to that. Intriguing for sure. Yeah. Intriguing. Uh, so finish finish this, man. Finish it. Well, usher, usher, in, usher in the new era of Timothy Dalton <laughs> with your closing remarks. Well... If you haven't done so already, please like, follow, subscribe on all our various social media platforms. The links are below Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Please give us a good rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to. If you feel so inclined, you can check out our Patreon page and our merchandise page below. Help us support the show and keep the lights on. Um, If you're not feeling that level of support yet, no worries. Even just a like and a comment. We appreciate the feedback. 
and uh, thank you for listening. Thank you. Yeah, if if you're not feeling so inclined to that level of support, that's that's perfectly fine, Grandma. That's <laughs> that's a okay. I get it. No, I get it. It's fine. <laughs>